Welcome to the Rice Owl Golf Podcast. I have two of the uh, two former Rice Owl golfers, Michael Whitehead and Mario Carmona, both of which have a great thing in common. They have both qualified to play in the U.S. Open. Uh, Michael Whitehead accomplished this feat back in 2011 at Congressional on the East Coast, and Mario has qualified to play in the U.S. Open coming up in about a week, a little over a week at Torrey Pines on the West Coast. So we've covered the co uh, from coast to coast here, the Rice Owl Golf Team, Rice Owl Nation. And so uh, we're going to chat about the U.S. Open and what's coming up for Mario and maybe some advice from Michael. But first, Michael, I want to get started with a question. Where did the pro golf dream begin for you? Tell us that story. Yeah. Uh, first, thanks for, thanks for having me. Um, thanks for having Mario. I'm, I'm super pumped to be able to chat and talk. It's, it's always really fun. Um, before I answer your question, one more question. Is the third person, is it Brad? Is that the other Rice Brad Owl Martin, member? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Brad, who will be a Hall of Fame member this year. Rice legend. Hall of Fame. Can't oh. wait for him to be inducted. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, yes, me. First question. When did the pro golf dream start? Kind of hard to say. Um, I grew up playing every kind of sport, baseball, basketball, tennis, everything. And um, I mean, from about four or five, six years old, I always wanted to be a pro athlete. So golf became sort of my specific sport later on in really high school. Um, and so at that point, I would say I probably wanted to play pro, um, but really it didn't didn't kind of hit home until probably late college. I think first couple of years in college, I was burned out a little bit. And really it was junior year when I sort of decided pro golf was what I was going to do. So for me, um, it's kind of a mixed, mixed answer, two parts. One was, you know, birth and the other is end of college basically. So, yeah. um, fortunately it became a reality. Great. Well, uh, Mario, how about you? When did you yeah. decide that uh, pro golf was uh, was one of your dreams and when that you wanted to pursue that? Yeah, no, the, thanks for having me, Coach. Again, it's great to talk to both of y'all. Um, you know, for me, I think uh, I kind of related a little bit with Whitey. Like, for, I grew up playing, you know, soccer, baseball, basketball, all the team sports. And, uh, you know, when I got introduced to golf, I was just kind of fell in love with it. It was like outside. You can, you know, a little more relaxed and more laid back. And then when I went here to Houston, I kind of found out like my game can, it's pretty up to par to the competition. And then I just got better every year and then let into, uh, got to rice. And then, you know, the first few years, as you know, I, I got hurt. Like I played really well coming in and I got hurt really bad and I was out for pretty much the whole, um, you know, spring semester of my freshman year. And, you know, I mean, I was at that point, I didn't even, really think about make potentially doing a career playing golf so um i guess just after my i came back from injury in my sophomore junior year kind of like whitey was saying it was kind of where i was like oh you know i'm getting better you know i've i just feel like if i'm gonna try it's gotta it's gotta be now can't hold back and so uh you know going into my senior year i was like you know i'm gonna kind of commit to this and try to uh, make it a career and that's what i really thought you know um uh, kind of fulfilling a, a dream of potentially, you know, make, playing golf and being that your job. So I'd say probably like uh, Whitey's shared, probably later in my college career when I really thought uh, it could be a possibility. You know, Mario, I, I have a great memory. 
of a, I have a great memory. It was the spring break classic in 2018. I know it's like second semester of your senior year and you already decided that you were going to play professional golf and you picked up that win at Las Colinas. Is that right? Where they had yeah. the Byron Nelson PJ tour event. Yeah. That's was that right. a moment no, that was... of confirmation for you or. Uh, a little bit, you know, I was, uh, the spring season is always so hectic that, you know, you just kind of week to week playing golf. So you're kind of more, fo more focused in, I guess, on kind of that season, especially senior year, you know, when you want to end on a good note. So uh, I was mostly, I guess, focused on the team and trying to do good for, uh, uh, for, I guess, for my college career, not so much for what would come next. But obviously, you know, I was, I've never won an event. I got so many top, you know, 20s, 25s, whatever through college, which is really good. And you're showing consistency, but. I mean, a win's a win and finishing off a tournament uh, is always nice. So I think it definitely kind of validated a little of kind of mostly just the hard work. And, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I kind of, you know, know how to win. I've been consistent through college. This could potentially work uh, once I graduate. So, yeah, for sure. That was probably one of those moments where I was like, this could, this could work. Wow. He's been doing lots of interviews. Yeah. Super articulate. No ums, no errs. Tons of interviews it's, it's leading into the U.S. Open. I took like so three much. speech classes in college too. It helps. <laughs> my uh, my public some... speaking class had two two students in it. So yeah, yeah. small small yeah, classes. I mean, I take... yeah. No <laughs> stage speaking. right there. No stage yeah. right there. Mario, yeah, this so is interviews part of that. <laughs> Well, this one's in English. You had to do some in Mex in uh, in Spanish, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, okay. I had to do a few in Spanish, so uh, no, I, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> okay, well let's let's move on. Um, I think you guys answered my next question. Just in that, that y'all did a wonderful job there. So, Michael, uh, what did you <laughs> learn from your U.S. Open experience at Congressional, and how how can the what can you tell Mario? Uh, as he gets ready this week for for his trip to Tory. Oh man, um, one one of the I guess one of the coolest things that I learned um, was actually in a practice round with with a couple a couple guys. One was Retief Goosen, um, and and it just became real evident that whenever these top level guys it was Retief Goosen, Mark Leishman, and, and Aaron Baddeley in this practice practice round. And it became real evident that when when they hit the shot that they were intending to hit, the ball was was close to the hole. Uh, they they missed. I watched Retief flare five iron. I watched Mark Leishman, you know, hit a tee ball like two fairways over. Like they they missed. They they missed. And I was like, oh, they they actually miss at this level. You know, Retief Goosen, two time U.S. Open champ, Aaron Baddeley, Mark Leishman, multiple PGA Tour time winners, um, but when they hit the shot that they were intending to hit and you just, you knew by the sound and you knew by kind of the way they reacted, it was within two steps. It was within six to 10 feet every single time. It didn't matter if it was a wedge, didn't matter if it was a five iron. It just didn't matter if they, if they did what they were trying to do, um, the ball ended up exactly where it was supposed to go. There was no like, wow, I hit that really good. And it flew the hole by 30 feet. There was no like, wow, I can't believe that came up short by half a club or something like that. It was within, just a couple steps. So that was, that was really eye opening for me. Cause at that point, like I just hadn't played hardly any pro golf, some local pro tournaments um, while still as an amateur, but that was my first pro tournament. And it was really eye opening for me 
to see that when you hit the shot you intended to hit, that it, it needs to go the distance it's supposed to go, barring just a massive gust of wind or something like that. That was, that was super surprising um, and eye-opening for me. Another thing was um, the best the best players in the world kind of make the rules. Like Luke Donald came out during one of our rounds. He's like, no, I, I want to play this hole right now. Like he just walked out to 14. He hadn't played the front nine, wasn't playing the back nine. He's like, this, this tee shot's uncomfortable for me. Walked out, jumped in between a couple of groups. He was the world number one at the time. And just goes, hey, like you guys go ahead. Like I'm gonna hit it over your head. It was, it was right behind us. He's like, I this is what this is the tee shot I need to hit. He, he dropped the sleeve and hit three tee shots. I was like, there, feel better about it. And that was explicitly against the rules that the USGA had set up that I was very much supposed to follow. But he was world number one. And he's like, this is what I'm doing. I walked out. He walked out with the caddy, his whole tour staff bag everything and they just posted up on like it was the 14th tee or whatever it was and he just hit a sleeve and i was like yep i'm good and then they walked back in um so it was kind of cool to see that when you're really really good you kind of you kind of can bend some of the rules that was you know an example that maybe we don't want society to follow but um i i learned it yeah. <laughs> that was the question <laughs> um and then as far as as far as for mario <clears throat> it's still a game it's golf um, it's going to be a long golf course. There's going to be a lot of really difficult flags and the rough's going to be nice and nice and lush and long. Um, but it's still golf. You still put the peg in the ground. You still, you know, pick your target and ideally swing freely. Um, it'll be really cool that you'll probably hit the ball about 10 yards further this week because it'll have so much adrenaline flowing through the veins. But oh, yeah. overall, um, it's really hard to do this, but it's, like it's still golf and it's still a game and you still get to go, you know, hit as many good shots as you can and minimize as many bogeys and mistakes as you possibly can as well. So that's, that's my number one is even though it's a big event, there's going to be galleries, there's going to be grandstands. It's going to be just super, super big um, with cameras and reporters and interviews. And, you know, you're watching entourages go by with all of these high level players. It's still, still a game and you can still beat them. So go go cut it loose and play as free as you can. Absolutely, you know that's the plan. Well, I appreciate the advice for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'll take it into uh, practice and you know just can't wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great yeah. advice, great advice, Michael. We appreciate you sharing that wisdom for sure. So Mario, this isn't the first time you've qualified for a big event and they're not the first major you've played in. Um, I remember clearly you qualifying for, was it the 2017 U.S. Amateur at Oakland Hills or 2018? It was both 2016 and 18. Oh, yeah. okay. Multiple yeah, times. So yeah, so 16 was the first one. You were on the bag actually. That was fun. Uh, Didn't make the Oakland bag Hills, for the next but... one though. <laughs> well i graduated so i i gave it to my dad it was probably a mistake in 2018 but oh well <laughs> well tell us mario uh, was, about the qualifying uh for the u.s open that it was an interesting experience and we'd love for you to share that with us yeah no it was it was kind of crazy and thankfully i think it helped that you know, I did local qualifying here at Lakeside. So, um, you know, I know the course. We play there in college and even for me in high school sometimes. So, you know, I went in there confident. I knew I would play well. I'm comfortable in that course. And, you know, fair enough, I did and played really well. And things lined up. 
And I think what was nice, it was one of the last locals. So I just kind of rolled in into the sectional and I knew I was playing well that week. So uh, that was a good thing. And, you know, I got the pairing on, on Saturday and I saw us playing with Graham McDowell, the U.S. Open in 2010. It was his first time trying this year. So even that, the, I was like already pumped up, you know, to play with someone like that uh, going into Monday. Uh, and it went over there to Dallas, Saturday, Sunday, got two practice rounds in because it's two different courses. And I teed up on, uh, you know, on Monday and it was raining and it was uh, just really bad conditions starting off, really windy. Uh, and, you know, it was, I started off slow. I bugged the first two holes. I'm a little nervous, you know, playing with McDowell and all that. Uh, but thankfully, he's a super nice guy. You know, I kind of settled in and, um, you know, it was kind of the longest, the longest days ever. Like it was, we had a rain delay after eight holes. Uh, and then, you know, they kind of hold this in place for like 30 minutes, thinking it would go by real quick. But they, they said no. So you had to go back in, had to wait like, I think, three hours. And we went back out and we were able to play a lot of holes. Uh, and, you know, the good thing is right after both, uh, I guess there was another rain delay like at five later on Monday. And we kind of knew we were not going to finish 36, but uh, in both of them, I came back and birdied the, uh, the first hole. Uh, so that was, that was pretty nice. I got kind of got back into rhythm and, you know, things were kind of clicking. Uh, and then when they blew the horn on Monday to kind of end the day, I birdied uh, five and six of the, I think the gold course. And they're both, I think the hardest holes on the course. So a super long part three and i made like a 40 footer and then on six uh i had like a really good pitch and wedge to like i don't know 12 feet and i made that and then they blew the horn so i had some good vibes and like going into the next day i was two under you know i was i don't know like in 20th place so i knew i needed to make there were 10 spots i needed to make like three or four birdies going to the next day and you know i we the guy the third guy in our group actually was playing kind of bad so he withdrew after monday so it was just us two, like McDowell and out, and I teed up on Tuesday. And then we get to the, I think it was number seven, our first hole on Tuesday. We had 12 holes left. He was just like, all right, if, you, if we make three or four birdies, I promise we'll play a practice round together at Torrey. And I was like, okay. So that, that kind of got me going right off the bat. I was like kind of a little extra motivation for me. And, you know, I, fair enough, same thing. First hole from Tuesday, made birdie there. Hit a wedge to like 15 feet and rolled it in, and then, uh, you know, just kind of pasted it in uh, after that and made a, you know, I made a, a classic, you know, hit it on the green in two, two putt birdie on 11. And then I, uh, on 12, I hit it in the trees and then I hit a really good wedge shot to like 15, 20 feet. And I told myself, like, all right, this is kind of, you know, I have a par five coming up, pretty easy hole. Uh, you got to kind of make this and kind of get in rhythm and, I just thought about playing some games with the guys back at Houston and some Rice guys or friends of mine, and you know, think we were just playing like a you know a money game or whatever, and you just rolled it in, and uh, it was kind of a good moment. And then on 13, it started pouring again. I was like, oh no, like this is they're about to call it again. But thankfully, they kind of didn't throw, didn't blow the horn till later. Uh, so I birdied 13, par five, uh, which was a really good moment because I hit it in the trees and. I kind of wanted to go for it. I was like 220 out and I was like, ah, it's raining. So I just kind of laid up and watched it to like a foot. So that was like pretty huge. Um, that was like a smart, smart decision. You know, uh, I probably my freshman, sophomore year, I would have probably gone for it. <laughs> I see with no coach for my previous decisions, but 
you know, that's what comes with the game and, you know, getting better and more mature out there. And, um, you know, I made a smart, smart decision there. And then 14, the pin was really easy. So it was just a wedge hole. And then 15, I missed a green on a part three and hit a, it was a really easy chip. Hit it to like a couple of inches. And then on 16, I made a really good swing with a wedge. I had like 135. And, you know, like you said earlier with adrenaline, kind of relate with that. I was like, I'm just going to hammer a sand wedge. Like, I'm just feeling it. I'm pumped up. So I, it was perfect. Landed like 140, ripped back to like three feet, and I rolled it in. So at that point, I was like, all right, like, you got this. Just kind of par three coming up. Just get it on the green. And I hit it just over and easy chip again. Uh, same thing. I was probably pumped up. I had like 205 and I had seven iron over the green. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was a little of that, I guess. Uh, but um, I had a good chip, made par. And then, you know, we get to 18. And this is really, honestly, it's just a dumb hole. Like, it's like 620 yards. Like, you got a dumb lake down the right. And then he kind of crosses over and, I don't know. You just can't even hit driver, and it's like six twenty par five. So, I just kind of and in the practice round, I I hit like five tee shots and like didn't hit the fairway once. So I was just like kind of nervous. Like just get it in somewhere out there. Thankfully, I hit a really good three iron, just this little stinger, got it in play, and then I hit the same shot to lay up. You know, I had like one forty out. I'm like, all right, you got the two hard shots out of the way, and they blow the horn. Like they literally blow the horn right there. Like I have one shot left to get into the U.S. Open, and they blow the horn. I'm like, oh no! Like, what is going on? <laughs> so uh, I uh, we asked if we could finish the hole, and they said no. Like dangerous situation, whatever. And I'm like, oh man, this is kind of nuts. So we went back in, and you know, like a blown. My phone was kind of blowing up a little bit, and like, oh, did you finish? Did you not finish? Like, what's going on? And, you know, it was. The first, they said they would give an announcement like a, two hours after they blew the horn. And so I just kind of wetted it out. And it, it luckily it rained so hard and the course was already wet that, you know, they were like, oh, we can't, we can't play till two more hours. So I just grabbed lunch, just trying to kill time. Thankfully, my parents were there, which was, which was a good thing. You just kind of had someone to talk to and, and stuff like that. And not really think about, you know, this one wet shot I have left. Uh, and then uh, I don't like 3.30, they finally let us start hitting balls and warming it up again. But I was like, I only have this one shot left, so I just hit like 250 gap wedges on the range. <laughs> <laughs> and then I hit a few bunker shots, and like, in case I missed the green, some pitch shots, and you know, chipped around <laughs> the green, and then a few up and overs, because the green's like a two-tier green, in case I flared the wedge and had an up and over putt. So, just going through all the possible scenarios and then finally just went back out there. And, you know, I think the good thing is that of it, of it all was I was able to clean my own stuff because, you know, uh, you kind of, and I was in, barely in the rough. So I placed the, my ball and everything and cleaned the ball. So that was good, I think. Uh, and then, you know, I had like 142 out of the rough, a little into the wind. And I was like, ah, let's just, hit a hard gap wedge. I don't want to hit a little wedge here. So worked out perfectly. Got it on the top shelf. Had like 20 feet. Literally, literally the easiest putt ever. All I needed was like a two putt or even three putt. And I stand over the putt and my right hand starts shaking. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not what I want right now. You already did the hard thing to get it on the green. All you got to do is two putt. And, yeah, I was kind of nervous there. Lagged it to like. 
three feet short and then just kind of, I guess, rolled it in there and gave my dad a hug. And, you know, I kind of, you know, it didn't really sunk in, I guess, till a few days later, but at the moment it was just pretty cool. And it was like, I mean, like I said, it's supposed to be a one day 36 hole thing. And it turned out to be a, I don't know, like a two day thing. So uh, it was kind of a super long, you know, I guess stressful stuff and only really having one shot and having to wait five and a half hours to hit it was, you know, one of those yeah. experiences you're never going to forget. And then playing with a former Open champ. So overall, that the qualifier itself was quite the experience and definitely won't forget for uh, probably the rest of my life. It was just a really cool moment. Yeah, I bet that moment on the 18th green when your dad was there carrying the bag and you finally finished – that had to be just like a moment that you'll never forget. And just as you're telling the story, I was thinking about all the different experiences that you threw out there, playing a match against the Rice guys, uh, telling you, you know, all I got to do, uh, being pumped up so much that you knew to hit one less club because uh, you knew that from experience that, that you didn't need to hit the, the, the normal club. You, you had so much adrenaline throwing, flowing through you that, you that you needed to hit one less all these experiences are just really great uh, just tools in your bucket there that you can bring to the U.S. Open. And it's just going to be uh, – I'm excited to see how you do and um, just to experience that. Maybe even we follow up with another podcast and talk about, hey, what was it like? But, uh, yeah. but really awesome, Mario. Thanks for sharing that. Um, we're really excited. Rice Owl Golf Nation is pumped to have you at the U.S. Open, and I can't think of a better guy – to represent uh, himself, uh, his family, and uh, the school that he played in. And so can't wait to see you play your first professional, uh, first major as a professional uh, here in about uh, in a, in a little less than two weeks. So yeah. I want to wrap this thing up in a nice bow. Um, and I'll let Michael go uh, first, but I wanted both of you guys I know very well and that, that you are men of faith. And so I want to hear, uh, and just as, you know, a little, you know, a few sentences, how God has uh, molded and shaped you through the game of golf. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, word, the word that comes to mind is failure. Um, but really what it means is um, through, through golf, um, God has used it to reveal in my heart what is what is most important to me um i'm in a different position than mario i'm here at the end of I, i'm now an amateur again as of a week ago june 1st i got my amateur status back um so i've gone through the professional thing i spent you know seven eight nine ten years as a professional here i am on the other side i didn't ever accomplish the big big goals that i had set for myself um and through that uh the opportunity to learn what really is important um, to me and, and to my heart um, has it's been revealed. Um, so God was hopefully not the genie that was going to give me, you know, the, uh, the big prize, the big, you know, reward um, for following him. And that's not what happened through professional golf. And um, he's still supreme. And so um, through the game of golf, it, it really revealed, he really revealed, what's in my heart um, and, and still needs to continue to do so, but ideally and hopefully um, he's first and foremost and golf was just part of that revelation process. Yeah. No, Wonderful. I mean, I, totally awesome. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I'm very thankful to have a very supportive family and some values early in my life. And, you know, one of them is to be a man of faith. And I've been, you know, super thankful to people I've met, like Matt through College Law Fellowship and uh, some teammates of mine were uh, in the same boat. And, you know, with golf, it's like why you said, it's just you can get it really wrapped up on very results-driven, like very, like, you know, golf's everything. Like, I got to shoot a certain number to be in a good mood and stuff like that. And, you know, looking back and, you know, going through some of my past golf experiences, it, it always turns to just so much more at peace when you have and remind yourself that, you know, God's right there and he has a plan for you and you just have to, you know, trust that. And, you know, you can – you work towards your goals, you work towards what you want in life. And, you know, when you just remind yourself of that, you just kind of – you're just so much more at peace in shooting a 61 course record round. You know, it's just kind of like – yeah, it's really cool. You get recognized and people reach out and all that. But at the end of the day, when you're you're truly at peace, at least for me and, you know, from what I've learned is, uh, you know, that's really when you just feel really good inside. So, uh, you know, in whatever in life, whether it's golf or school at the time in the past, it's just kind of having that reminder is always uh, very, uh, very uh, important, at least in my life. So, uh, and yeah, for sure. Great. Wonderful, Mario. And take that with you to the U.S. Open because that is truth, buddy. I appreciate yeah. you guys so much. I love you guys. I'm really excited for you, Mario, to go go uh, compete at the U.S. Open. Take it all in. Enjoy the experience. Uh, we're pulling for you here in Houston, and, and uh, we'll be watching on television. So go get them, man. Thanks, guys, for your time. Uh, absolutely. Of course, thank you. Great catching up. All right.